here we go back with another episode and we are officially one month out from the season starting preseason is in full swing now teams are getting games in and some really telling games as well sort of i've said before you can only take so much from preseason and these games have been very very true uh sticking to that i feel we'll still go over them um in this episode we're going to go over them a little bit we're also going to go over some transfers and then i've picked out one player from each team um who would i am intrigued to see how their season goes to say the least it's not like i'm excited to see everyone play but it's more so i've picked them out because either they had a down year last year or this could be their big chance, something like that. I picked them out. So we've got the Eastern Conference special of that today. And then in the next episode, next Thursday, um, we will have the Western Conference uh, side of that. So that is what we have on hand for the episode today. And we all, we'll start with transfers because we always start with transfers, especially because there's not that many. Um Today, I'm recording this on the 8th, and one of these transfers has not happened yet. Uh, well, it has been announced, I believe. It's, we'll just, I'll just say, it's Marcus Nakim from Amcom to Orange County. Um, I don't believe this one has actually been announced yet as of today, but it should be coming out soon, if not tomorrow the 9th. But, very good option. At center back for Orange County. Good year experience. Good European experience. With 93 Elitisserin appearances. Um, as well as time with Viking FK and Valoranga. Which are two of the biggest teams. In. Uh, I believe. It, yeah. Norway. In Norway. So. And I think. I like this option. Because. I talked a lot last year. About how Orange County went for these older players and thought that the experience was going to get them there and i think now this season orange county are starting to find that real balance between um youth like mid-range like mid-20s players and also having the experienced players like they brought in mark mcnulty up top who i don't think will necessarily be the striker i think or like the starting striker. I think he's going to be a player to come on in the final 10-15 minutes in most games to just throw his weight around and maybe get a couple headed goals here and there. I don't think they're counting on him being that main man. If they are counting on him being that main man, I think he can partially do it, but I think they'd be fooling themselves if that's what they want from him because they still have some great, some better options up top. But I like what they did there. I like what they've been doing in the midfield, and I like what they've been doing at the back, specifically with this signing and Owen Lamb. I really, really think that they're on the right track um, this year. So Marcus Nakeen from Hamcam to Orange County. But we'll move on to three other signings who I think um, all specifically really benefit their teams. Um, we'll go to the one who I think less so than the other two. It's Hugo Faru from Charleston to Loudoun United. 
he is already 26 years old, and I think for Loudon specifically, he could be a good player, but I, I don't know. He conceded 49 goals in 22 games with Charleston last year, um, or over his time with Charleston in general, which more than two goals a game. Granted, Charleston were really, really bad last year, and that is by no fault of his own. That Charleston defense was just any any goalkeeper realistically last year was going to get scored on um, plenty of times being behind that Charleston defense. But it also is telling that, and you know, you still have to look at it as he conceded the goals, and it's still an abysmal record, more than two goals a game. Um, before that, however, it was also not that great. 13 goals conceded in five games with the Austin Bold um, during their time in the league and his time with them. Again, more than two goals a game. That's not great. Um, I think this season is really the season of can he, is he USL championship level? If he can put in good performances with Loudoun United, who are going to be struggling towards the bottom again likely um he's going to be behind a pretty shaky defense again like last year um with a second season in a row probably knowing that this year it might be a bit better for him like last year i don't think last year a lot of us thought charleston were going to be that bad so i think expectation wise knowing that the defense the defending probably won't be great this year as for last year going and thinking that the team was going to be solid i think that's a bit of a change and i think that'll set him up better but I also think that it kind of not really releases the pressure. I think I think he'll be able to do better under these circumstances, but it's definitely a year where he needs to show um, what he's got more so than any other year. Because at 26, realistically, like with Loudon being DC United's like second team here. He this would be probably one of two or three seasons until he's 28 to have any way towards that DC United first team, which he likely doesn't have in the first place. He's probably just here loud and only, but you never know. If he puts in good performances, he could get that call if any of the DC United goalkeepers get injured or underperform. But it seems like Faru will be a genuine, just loud and player, which I think is good for him. And maybe will be good for Louder. I don't know. Not saying he's a bad goalkeeper. You're not a bad player if you're playing in the USL Championship. But there's still a lot more that needs to be proven for him. I have it written down that I think he'll be a solid backup. Especially since Loudon lost Joe Rice to Hartford. Um, he could. I, I guess he could start. But I think I would start him as a backup. But again, it also purely goes down to what is going on in um, preseason and whatnot, how he goes in preseason. So see how that goes. So if you on that one, if you on that one, I don't know how it's going to work out for Latin. So we'll move on to Ruxi from FC Inter in uh, Finland to FC Tulsa in the USL Championship, of course. He made two appearances in Conference League qualifiers. This year for FC Inter, but was a mainstay in their backline in 2022 because made those appearances, then either had his contract terminated or was released. And 
now ends up in FC Tulsa, which is an, a team that is honestly, in my opinion, coming together so nicely. I, I, I think Blair Gavin has had it really lucky that he's either getting the signings he wants or it's just a, like a great recruiting and signing period for Tulsa because it seems like this team is filling the spots that they really need to fill. They still have Austin Wormel in goal, who is very, very good. Now they're adding to the back line. They've added up front to where they were lacking a little bit in goals. Uh, it's so good. And whatever player Gavin brings, I think will, like, unless he plays like a flat 4-4-2, where it's just like sideways passes and boring buildup, I think he's going to set this team up for success. Um, there are still so many teams who are better in the East, purely because of the kind of pull that they have. But I think FC Tulsa, with the resources that they have now, and just how they've played the past couple of years, I think are building up to be like sort of a bestish of the rest. Like I, I believe, I believe prediction wise, I put them fifth or sixth, and I think that is going to be that best of the rest area because we've got Louisville. I think, or maybe more so, I think it'll be Louisville and Tampa. I put up there, but then maybe they'll be in that mix with Indy Hartford and with Indian Hartford and Charleston. Um, no, I didn't even put Indy. Gosh, now I'm trying to go back onto where I put teams. Either way, um, I think they'll be in that mix for best of the rest behind Louisville and Tampa Bay. So, good signing, no matter what, uh, Rooksy to FC Tulsa. And then last to round this up, Carlos Harvey um, from LA Galaxy to the Phoenix Rising. 55 appearances for LA Galaxy 2. He has been a fantastic presence in that holding midfield role, and he can still contribute with a good ball going forward while still angry in midfield, which is what you want from a CDM when you play like Phoenix at least have been playing. I don't know how they're going to play this year, but if you are a team who just puts the best possible players on the field, um, like they were still, they still played incredibly beautiful attacking football, but I'm just saying like last year, it felt like they had all the great players, but they were just putting the best players on the field with no tactics whatsoever. But this year, like, if you play the way that Phoenix play, you want a CDM that can still pick out passes and move forward quick. Because Phoenix like to play on the counter as well. And if they keep that going, Carlos Harvey will be an integral piece of that midfield. He's still only 23 years old as well. So to have 55 appearances... Um, with LA Galaxy 2, and I believe a handful of appearances with the LA Galaxy is fantastic. And he's going to put up a great fight with Renzo Sombrano for the starting role on opening day. Um, that, is, I mean, it's just, that CDM pairing is incredible. It really is incredible. So, uh, some other transfers that happened today. I just realized today is the 9th, not the 8th. Um, Johnny Fenwick went to Sacramento Republic. Um, the transfers that happened today, since I wasn't able to do like full in-depth stuff, and then we'll go over next week. So like Johnny Fenwick and the goalkeeper that Charleston signed today as well. Go over that next week, um, just so that I have time to really look at them and stuff like that. So only those four transfers to really go over today, which is pretty remarkable. But we're getting to that point in the season where teams want to have their where 
I guess coaches more so than teams want to have their teams together so that they can build that team unity, you know, get the tactics uh, ingrained with everybody, familiar with all the players. Uh, so they don't really have to worry about integration um, towards the beginning of the season. But there are still a lot of teams that need to put in work signings-wise, like Birmingham. I believe Detroit are still a bit shorthanded as well. Like, like I know Birmingham have, I believe it's 16 or 17 squad size right now, and I believe Detroit has an 18-man squad size right now. So they still need, Birmingham probably need five or six more signings. Detroit probably four or five more signings uh, by the season start. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what they do. Um, so move on from signings to some preseason talk, and then quick little break likely, and then we're going to talk about the players I picked out from each team from the East looking forward to this season. So we'll go through these preseason games. Um, the first one, Louisville City 3, switchbacks nil. Um, I really don't know how to go about talking about these games because they are purely subjective of how you want to look at them. Like I'm looking at this game and I think this is the Louisville City that we expect to see this year. A, a Louisville team that is has always been very good, and it's probably not going to be this, any different this year. I mean, I realistically, even though they have made little signings, um, like or I guess not many additions this off season. I, st- I they were so good last year. Thelufsen, Owen Dam, Dylan Mares, the players that they brought in seem to be worthy contributors. Like Owen Dam and Rasmus Thelufsen, um scored in this friendly I mean and it, it's a good switchbacks team it's still a very good switchbacks team on this USL level but as we get to more games we'll see that Louisville have been doing very good against MLS opposition as well um in general these teams have been doing well against MLS opposition but Louisville put three past the switchbacks I don't think that's a great way for the switchbacks to start preseason but I do. I still do think the switchbacks will be fine for this year. Um, it's going to be a hard transition period um, with Burke out, but we'll see how it goes under Stephen Hogan. So we'll move on to Monterey Bay 1, San Jose Earthquakes 2. And I, again, not sure how to go about this. I do think this is a good result for Monterey Bay. I believe they did score first in this, then two late-ish goals from San Jose gives it to them, gives them the preseason victory. Um, I mean, and I, after Monterey Bay, how they were last year, they showed some, uh, fight towards the end. And I, I just think that more so, I guess I'm going about these games as to how I think the teams will do this year, which is fine. Um, like I have stuff written down of what I wanted to say, but I don't really think it matters that much. So I just think this game shows how much. Monterey Bay has improved. Like last year, they would have gotten probably smacked 5-6-0 by the, even the San Jose Earthquakes. But now they put in a, a gutty performance. I think Yallop has them moving in the right direction. Especially to play like they did in preseason. Fantastic. Um, Louisville, Louisville 2, Sporting Kansas City 2. I mean, it just shows that even though it's preseason, again, subjective. Louisville are probably the... And have been for a while now. The team that are the most on par with MLS sides. Um, Louisville would still get killed in MLS likely. But 
to put in this performance against a sporting Kansas City team who were uh, bad last year but are looking for a resurrection this year after last year. Very good from Louisville. Love that stuff. Uh, Loud United lose 3-0 to New York Red Bulls. The actual New York Red Bulls first team, which is pretty remarkable. Um, this says nothing to me for Loudoun United. Um, more, I, it just it doesn't do anything for me. So no real use talking about that. I mean, like Loudoun United, we're always gonna have a hard time against the New York Red Bulls because the disparity there is incredible. So, uh, Phoenix Rising one, Colorado Springs Switchbacks two. I think this might be the most telling game. Um, Phoenix, I fully expect to make the playoffs. I do think that under Juan Aguirre, a new breath of life almost and more new high-end additions, they'll do better. But I still don't think they're quite there yet in reaching to what they used to be. And I'm not necessarily saying that the switchbacks are going to be fantastic because they beat Phoenix here. Um, I'm just saying that I don't think Phoenix will be back to that like dominant level in the West, like finishing 20 points clear at the top of the table level dominance that we've seen from them the past um, before 2022. So, and again, I don't think this is like the switchbacks are going to be great either. I think they're both going to be lingering around middle of the playoffs, but I do think that there are Western Conference teams better than them. Um, speaking of one of them, Sacramento Republic lose 4-0 to the Chicago Fire. Um, I mean, the Chicago Fire are a good team. Sacramento, Sacramento are a good team, but the disparity here is crazy um, in terms of players and just like this disparity in general of MLS and USL is still crazy, but it's closing ever so slightly, I think, this year. Maybe more so just because Louisville are really good and not many not much because of other teams, but um, Sacramento didn't put in a great performance. I would expect them to pick it up for their next game, but I think I think in terms of the first game, it's more so just about getting a run out, like the switchbacks there against Louisville, that first preseason game against um, Louisville losing 3-0, more so a run out than they bounce back um, against Phoenix. I think this game is the same kind of thing here for Sacramento. First run out against very tough opposition. Um, but the next game, I think they'll be looking more so for... Well, I mean, obviously in this game, they're looking tactically as well. But more so just getting players on the field and getting them running and getting them active in a game setting. So I think even though it's a tough loss, I don't think it really means much for Sacramento there. So... About covers what we've seen from preseason so far. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will come back with the Eastern Conference players from one player from each Eastern Conference team that I am more so intrigued to see how their season goes. And we're back from that little break to now move on to a player from each team said this a million times that I'm, I would just say, like, like I'm looking forward to see how they do this year. Uh, mainly because I think that this is either um, their chance, you know, like their last-ish chance to make an impression on a team, um, stuff like that. Players who I think could have a breakout year. 
players who I think are just going to be a bit underrated, especially where they've come from. So that kind of stuff is really what we're going for here. The first one, so we're going to go in alphabetical order, um, starting with the Birmingham Legion. I think you, I think for most of the teams, you might be a bit surprised that, I mean, like, I'm not going to go for big names here because, like, obviously, like with Louisville, I'm excited to see what Musha Glusa and Wilson Harris and all of them do. You know, with Memphis, I'm excited to see how Philip Goodrum does. With Pittsburgh, I'm excited to see how Dane Kelly does. Tampa Bay, I like Tampa Bay, I know even with that their new signings, I know JJ Williams and Cal Jennings are going to be good this year. So I've gone a bit outside the box. Like with Birmingham Legion, I honestly really didn't go outside the box here with Birmingham Legion. I picked Tyler Pasher. I think that he will have a fantastic year. Even though I've put Birmingham Legion really low in my Eastern Conference predictions, I still think Tyler I Tyler Pasher realistically could be the top goal scorer. He did not get the um chances, I think like in 2022, 17 appearances in MLS, two goals, one assist, not great. Um but I think He's kind of in that limbo where MLS isn't necessarily his level, but USL, like he's a bit above USL level. Like we saw how good he was with the Indy 11. And I think he's going to bring that back to the Birmingham Legion. And I think it's going to go a bit unwarranted purely because right now there's not a lot around him. Like Birmingham were good last year, but they've lost Marlon Santos. They've lost Bruno Lapa. They've still got Enzo Martinez. So maybe... Maybe, maybe, maybe they've got Juan Agudelo, who, if he has a better year, maybe. But right now, I'm still not sold on the Birmingham Legion. That's also because they're very thin. So if they fill out the team a little bit more with quality signings, then maybe my prediction will change. But right now, I'm not sold. But I think Tyler Pasher is going to be a bright spot for the Legion this year. For sure. I have no doubts that he's going to be good. Like, very good. Like, 15 goals above good. If as long as he's not played like at wing back like he was at MLS, then he's gonna get 15 goals. I would almost, I would fucking bet on that. There, I would, I would. He's that good, and he's gonna be good again this year. It's just that simple. So, Tyler Pasher at Birmingham Legion, he's gonna be good, very good. So I'm excited to see him back to being a fucking beast in the league. Uh, we'll move on to Charleston. I think this one is also a bit surprising, like. I could have put Trey Muse here. I could have put Derek Dodson here. I could have put Augie Williams here, who had a very good year last year. I could have put, um, I'm trying to think who else I could have put here. I mean, realistically, I could have put Ben Perman as their manager here, but I put Tristan Traeger, who in 2022 with Atlanta United, 22 appearances, eight goals, two assists as a striker. I like this move for Traeger. Um, Will he get in above Apodaca and Williams from the get-go? Likely not. I mean, he is, like, Augie Williams had too good of a year last year to drop him at the beginning of the season this year. Um, But I do think if they play a two-striker formation, then he is there. Like, maybe five, ten games into the season, because I love how clinical he is. We saw it last year. Some very impressive finishes. Still young, 23, 24 years old there. I 
very much think Tristan Traeger will light it up with the battery this year and will just add on to how good that offense is expected to be again. Um, so I, I, I do think on it, like, honestly, Charleston will be such a unit this year. And I think Tristan Traeger will be a good part of it. Um, if they do end up playing two strikers up top, not sure, likely not because that's just not how they play. I don't believe that's how they, from what I remember, that's not how they played or how Memphis played much last year. Or am I getting that wrong? Either way, I think Traeger will be incredible. So Traeger at Charleston Battery. Detroit was hard to pick somebody out because I don't, I do think Detroit will be not great this year. I picked Skate Simonson, uh, 25 appearances in 2022 with Loud United, two goals, seven assists. They, Detroit are doing this thing where like, they just will not sign an out and out striker. They just won't do it. I don't know why. They've got Connor Rutz, they've got Yazid Matthews, and they've got Skage Simonson, who are all able to play a like forward role, but they're all like second striker to center forward type players. So I picked Skage Simonson because I think he's going to be thrusted into that striker role, and I don't know how he's going to do. Uh, he's more of like even an attacking mid kind of player. So that is why I am, I put him here. That is also why I'm very skeptical at how good Detroit will do this year. Because I mean, like last year they had a hard time scoring goals. I think, I believe their top goal scorer had 10 goals and it seems like it's going to be the same kind of thing this year, except now they've lost a couple good pieces and I don't think they've necessarily replaced what they lost. So, yeah, Skate Simonson, I hope he does well. I hope he bags for them, but I'm not sure it's going to work out like that. Uh, we'll move on to Hartford Athletic. For Hartford, I, th I think you guys know, I've been so up on him in the last couple episodes. I, I obviously could have put Elvis Amo because he's going to be fantastic for them, but I put Kave Rod. Uh, I love him as a center back. I think he's going to grow into an important piece of this Hartford team especially under Tab Ramos, who has that one season of MLS experience. Granted, he did get fired because he was not doing great, but I do think he'll do a better job here. And I do think he'll help Kave Rod grow. 11 appearances in MLS Next Pro in 2022, a prime out-and-out -out center back. He is fit for Hartford. He is fit for this league. He, I think he'll be great. And I'm very excited to see him hopefully become a great center back in the league this season. I think it's going to work out well. I think it's going to push Hartford up the table, how good he could be as well. So Kave Rod at Hartford, who I am no more about, or I've known more about him, but we'll move back or move to Indy 11 to Gustavo Rissi, who I haven't known much about before seeing him join Indy and whatnot. And I mean, 22 appearances, 10 appearances, or 22, 2022, wow, 10 appearances, one assist with Rochester, New York. Again, another center back, but I think it's an underrated signing because Rochester, New York were very, very good in MLS Next Pro, very defensively sound, and I think Gustavo Rissi was a big um, part of that. Even if only playing 10 games, I like this move for Indy. Um, 
how it, how he translates that MLS Next Pro experience to here. Like, I mean, he's had he's played in the USL Championship before, uh, before moving to MLS Next Pro and then coming back here with Indy. So I just think it's another coup type thing for Indy. They find a good deal, good center back, um, maybe a rotational center back. Not necessarily sure he starts, but I think nonetheless it is a very very good option. So we'll move from Indy to Loudoun United. There were a lot of options here. I really narrowed it down to two. Um, and we, I'm, I'm going to talk about both of them because I think they're two really interesting pieces. Um, the first one who I didn't list, who was kind of like my second here, is Bryce Washington. Uh, experience with Atlanta United 2. Experience with, experience with the Atlanta United first team, at least in training. I truly think he could be a solid USL Championship center back and maybe have this. I don't know if he's MLS quality, um, but I think he could use this Loudoun United experience as a little bit of a bounce to a better USL Championship team in the next season or two, which would be great because he's a very good defender just in general. Um, might struggle a bit getting the ball out. Um and just distribution in general, but a very, very solid defender there. And then who I've put here ahead of him is Khalil El Medkar, uh, purely because he has that MLS experience. He's actually played MLS, five MLS appearances last year. He's got USL League One experience with uh, North Texas um, FC. So I think this is a bit of that last chances, last chance ish thing here where he's got to prove something here. Um, and I hope he does it because he is a very creative winger and he's coming into a Loudoun United team. Who's with the high turnover rate. Clearly they've had over the past couple seasons. Um, I think they're lacking a little bit of that and hopefully he provides that and is able to get a lot of um, crosses and just, distribution up to Tommy Williamson up top for them. So El Medcar at Lottie United move on to Louisville for Louisville. Um, I put Owen Dam. I really liked what I saw from him at the Northern Colorado hailstorm, 16 appearances, one assist, a very, very good defensive and attacking fullback. It's hard to come by those. Um, uh, I feel like you can't, I feel like the USL championship is very good at finding them. And I think Louisville here have found themselves an absolute gem of a player. Now, Louisville City do play, or at least last season for a good portion, played three at the back. So it's likely that Owen Dam would be playing a more advanced right wing back or right mid role. And I think he would be able to do that fine. I'm not sure it would suit him best. I think a right back role is his best option in attacking right back role. But I think right mid, right wing back, whatever you want to call it, I think he's still going to flourish if he does get that game time this year. Also, shout out to um, Carlos Miguel Jr., who also signed, I believe it was a new contract recently. I think he's going to tear it up as well. So a lot to look forward to, especially youth-wise in Louisville. So move on to Memphis here. For Memphis, I put Bruno Lapa straight out. I think he's going to do fantastic here with Memphis. 
it's it's what they needed to add. I mean, they've lost a lot. I don't think Memphis are necessarily going to be even close to the same level that they were last year. But I think adding Bruno Lapa is just an incredible signing. And it's just going to add to the offense that they like haven't lost much from, to be fair. So I think their offense will be better than ever. They've still got Kissy Do. They've still got him. They've still got Aaron Malloy. They still have uh, Philip Goodrum. And then they've got Bruno Lapa. It's going to be so good. I mean, 31 appearances, six goals, four assists in 2022, and 31 appearances for a good Birmingham Legion side. And he was fighting with Enzo Martinez um, for those goals and assists. Still very good output from him. And I think he's going to continue that with Memphis. So we'll move on to Miami. Um, Miami have had a lot of good incomings to, I mean, I, that's a one reason I put them so high in the table. I think that with um, another season under their current manager after last year, which was okay, uh, I think it's really going to all come together. And I think something that's going to help that is the signing of Ben Mines. Now, granted, he only had three appearances, one goal in 2022 with the switchbacks, but he's still young. He's still quick. He's got so much time to grow. And I think if he can find his feet with a really creative attack that's been built in Miami, especially that midfield who can get the ball out to him and then allow him to get the ball in the box or take those shots cutting in, I think Ben Mines is really going to flourish. Um, wasn't, Hasn't been able to find his footing where he has been before, but I think now here at Miami, it's going to work out. So Ben Mines at Miami. Pittsburgh. I have put Edward Kizza. Um, 20 appearances, three goals in 2022 with Memphis 901. He struggled a bit. And I put him here because Pittsburgh are going to need someone to find goals. I'm not too sure that they're going to be able to get the same output out of like Dane Kelly and what they've got up top now. So I think Edward Kizza is going to be have to be that player more often than not that they come to, especially because of how young he is. 20, only 24 years old, to find those goals. Is he capable of that? Absolutely. Um, will he be able to get that out of this Pittsburgh team? I would almost say so, because Pittsburgh are still a solid team. Um, but I do think it's going to be a bit more of a struggle year for Pittsburgh than we've seen in the past, especially because they have just lost Danny Griffin to Huntsville. See a real just... Like almost like a lot of people do appreciate like his work was immense for Pittsburgh, but now that they're now that he's gone, I think Pittsburgh are going to feel it more than ever, and they're going to realize more than ever how um important of a piece he was in that midfield. So Edward Kizza at Pittsburgh. We'll move on to Tampa Bay. For Tampa Bay, I have picked Freddie Kleeman. Now I could have picked obviously JJ Williams, Cal Jennings, all of those new signings, Charlie Dennis. I picked Freddie Kleeman because um, two USL championship appearances in 2022 and a couple, I believe, appearances with Austin FC. And it was a super draft pick. I mean, a super draft pick getting dumped that early is pretty crazy. But I think with the pairing, I, th I think the dream pairing here would be Forrest Lasso and Freddie Kleeman at the back because I think they're both dominant center backs. That's what they do. They are just 
I, I can't even really put it into words. Like, just dominant, like, intimidating center backs. And I think that's kind of what Tampa Bay are going for there. And that they're just true brute force, like, putting their body on the line. Kind of, like, just not really putting their body on the line. But, like, throwing their weight around, tackling center backs. And Freddie Kleeman, from what I've seen so far, is able to put together some fantastic long balls. So Tampa Bay, get ready for that. That will be fun to watch. So he's still only 23 years old as well. Um, a lot to like about him, I think. I think I think Austin dumped him too early, but I think Tampa Bay have gotten an absolute steal here for getting him on a free. So Freddie Cleveland at Tampa Bay. We'll move on to our last one, FC Tulsa. And I'm sure you guys will be surprised that it's not Moses Dyer with how highly I've talked on him. Uh, in the past couple episodes, I've put Siad Haji. Did not get the um time or the just like go ahead at San Jose. Uh, he did all right at Earthquakes two seven appearances one goal one assist in MLS Next Pro in 2022. But I think he does have something about him. I think he is a fantastic dribbler more than anything, and he's able to put together that final pass. So I think Tulsa here with Haji and with Dyer now are building a cohesive unit and they've still got those pieces left over from last year. Uh, it's going to be good. And I also, I also can put Justin Mallow. I was close to putting Justin Mallow. I think he'll be a great option as well, but I think Haji more so than Malu and Dyer. Um, I just want to see how he gets about because I, I, I'm confident that Moses Dyer will do well. I know that Justin Malu is very good and will be able to um, flourish here. But Siad Haji, I think, has struggled purely because of where he ended up with San Jose and just them not really wanting to expose him to that or play him that much. I think he is a talented player, and I think he will do well here at Tulsa. So that covers the player's the one player from each team who I am looking forward to seeing um, how their seasons go this year. Uh, We're going to go move on to the Western conference in the next episode coming out next Thursday. Um, So I don't think there's anything else I wanted to say. Um, I mean, season starting in a month, exciting times. Very big season in general. Probably the biggest USL Championship season ever. It's going to be so much fun. Um, I'll see you guys for the next episode. And again, excited for the season coming in a month now.